This is the Texas Standard. We're turning our attention to economic signals from Mother Nature, at least as interpreted by the federal government. You may have missed it during the post-Turkey Day bustle known as Black Friday, but for those willing to look past the discount flyers, there was some very serious news indeed, and its virtual burial during a holiday shuffle is drawing recriminations. The news took the form of a mandatory report that confirms with additional detail what many already know, that climate change is a major threat to the nation, as Paul Krugman discusses in the New York Times today, accusing the Trump administration of being denialist, in his words. Politics aside, it is important to bear down on what this report tells us about Texas and what it might mean for our future. John Nielsen Gammon is the Texas State Climatologist and Professor of Atmospheric Science at Texas A&M. Professor Nielsen Gammon, welcome back to the Texas Standard. Yeah, thank you. Glad to be here. You worked on portions of the study that focus on Texas, right? What, what were the findings in regards to the Lone Star State? We had five key messages we put out. The first one was connected to uh, food, energy, and water, how all of those are interconnected and demands um, to produce more food, greater water supply, greater energy needs due to growing population, as well as climate change, is going to really force the state to make some trade-offs into who gets what water and, and how that gets distributed. So that's that's the biggest economic impact, I think, uh, on the short term. Uh, now, you say trade-offs. What do you mean specifically? Give me an example of, of the sort of trade-off that might cause some uh, some pain here. Well, water prices, the cost of water is generally much lower than what people would be willing to pay for it, especially in, in cities. Mm -hmm. So in principle, more, greater water resources can be developed, desalination and so forth. But the problem is that for the amount that people are willing to pay in cities, it becomes basically cost prohibitive for agricultural producers. And yet, of course, people in cities need to eat as well as drink. So there's a major issue there with how you actually ensure there's enough water for everybody. Yeah, forgive me, but we've been having discussions about water and, and uh, water resources for, gosh, as long as uh, most folks listening have been alive, right? I mean, why is it that we are reaching some critical point, and how far off do you think we really are? Well, I don't think we're at a critical point at this point. You can see evidence of stressors like uh, people being concerned about uh, increased water use associated with uh, uh, hydraulic fracturing for oil and gas extraction. The, the population is growing, and, and we have a good water planning procedure in the state of Texas that, that looks out for um, 50 years to, uh, to ensure that we can survive something equivalent to the drought of record. Uh, the, the problem with that, though, is that um, the drought of record is not the worst-case scenario. We've, we've had worse droughts in the, in the distant past based on tree rings. And with, with climate change, uh, we're, we're seeing an increase in temperature, and that's going to continue, so we'll have more water evaporating and less water available to use in the future. And, and right now, there's not a systematic way of incorporating that climate change impact the same way we do population impact. Let's move back to the Gulf. Uh, are we looking at more Hurricane Harveys in our future as a result of climate change? Well, yeah, I hope not. Harvey was, uh, was such an unusual event that uh, we probably won't see its match anytime soon. Uh, even with climate change, the estimated odds of something as severe as Harvey presently are like one in 9,000 years, according to a recent paper. But um, certainly the impacts of climate change along the coast will increase. We have in Texas the combination of coastal subsidence where the land's sinking, as well as global sea level rise. And that means that uh, 
places will gradually become more vulnerable to storm surges, from even from nuisance flooding and that sort of thing. And it'll be difficult if the sea level rise rate is high enough for ecosystems to be able to respond. Marshes try to stay in equilibrium with sea level, but if the sea expands too quickly, they can't keep up, and then you have erosion problems and you lose the protection from storm surge. Is there a way to put a price tag on this, on the impact of climate change to Texas? We didn't try to do that because there's so many complicating factors and it sort of depends to a large extent on how society try, decides to deal with it. Unfortunately, a lot, of the, a lot of the economic impacts occur in ways you don't really anticipate. For example, we've seen increase in frequency of heavy rainfall, so that contributes to increased chances of flooding. And places that used to be outside the 100-year floodplain are now inside of it. The consequence of that is home values go down for these unlucky people that are now inside the floodplain. They Mm -hmm. have to pay more for insurance. They can't sell their house for as much, and so they've lost money, and that's a climate change impact. Hold that thought on the housing prices. John Nielsen Gammon, he's professor of atmospheric sciences at Texas A&M. Professor, thanks again.